Hey, Harper. It's Ian Mendes here from The Athletic. Just want to say congratulations on 100 podcast episodes. That is an amazing milestone. So congratulations on that. And fingers crossed, maybe by the time you get to like 500 episodes of your podcast, your Buffalo Sabres are actually going to be pretty good. It's Alan Edmanski here, just wanting to wish the boys in the booth a very congratulations on hitting the 100 episode mark. That is a phenomenal accomplishment. And although I may not always agree with your hockey takes, I mean, Chad's a Leaf fan and that's just too easy to make fun of. Harper is a Buffalo fan and, well, we just feel sorry for him. And then there's Casey who roots for the Devils. And I don't really know a whole ton of those people, but they're almost in the same boat as the Sabres. So maybe misery loves company, but either way, I have a blast coming on your show here's to 100 more congratulations fellas hey this is kira johnston i just wanted to say a huge congrats to harper and the team for 100 episodes of boys in the booth that's amazing and it was a blast being on the show hey boys jonathan kiriaku here congrats on 100 episodes huge accomplishment you guys have definitely become the voices of hockey in brockville uh, bigger congrats goes out to Harper and, and Casey, though, for dealing with Chad for 100 episodes. That's you know, a small accomplishment in its own right. All the best, guys. Uh, looking for the next 100. Harp, Melbs, Casey, congrats on your 100th episode. Uh, I've loved listening to your podcast. Love being on it, and I look forward to your continual success. And what's next for you guys? You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 100 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you as always. And guys, uh, what a crazy day it's been. Instagram and, and Facebook were down all day. Got some really exciting news about NHL 22 today as well. We'll get to that in a few moments. And I should also mention that uh, our division preview series will continue. We're going to be talking about the Metropolitan Division ahead of the 21-22 NHL season. Uh, But guys, it is our 100th episode. Don't know where the time has gone. This is a nice little milestone for us. How are we doing this evening? Oh, great, Harp. That's absolutely mind-blowing that we've done this a hundred times, personally. I know that there's also a few of the uh, Let Us Explains in there, too, but main episodes, hundred episodes, that's unbelievable. Um, I uh, I got to apologize right off the hop here. I've got some allergies, so I sound a little weird. I'm probably going to sneeze my brains out at least 20 times this episode. <laughs> um, but man, great weekend full of hockey, kind of a relaxing weekend for once. Got to see the Devils go 3-0 in the preseason, although I had to turn the game off on Saturday. The Islanders' coverage of that game was pitiful, like embarrassing. I had to I had to turn it off. The, Same here. The audio wasn't great. The color commentary was, like, quiet. And the, uh, the, the camera work was making me physically nauseous <laughs> to the point where I was like, if I watch any more of this, I'm going to puke on my couch. 
because it was like <laughs> all over the place, zooming in a lot, like right on the player's ass and just right in there, shaky, just sickening. I, I think it's because it was in the AHL building and they don't have, you know, quite the same set up as an NHL rink, but I couldn't watch it anymore. I had to turn it off and it was just ridiculous. Like I, I can't wait for them to get that new arena going so that we don't have to watch that all year. Well, Case, you have to think, like, it's preseason for everyone, too, right? Like, the camera guys, like, the equipment managers, like, they're just getting ready. Like, they're not in mid-season form yet, too, so that's something to consider as well. I think the camera guy just has to lay off the booze. <laughs> Maybe that's the case, too. And that's probably the case for a handful of players as well going into training camp. Probably the older ones, not uh, some of the young guys. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot's happened in the last week or so. Uh, the All or Nothing documentary on the Maple Leafs came out. Uh, that came out on October 1st, and I watched the entire five hours of it on October 1st. So what a day that was, just parked on the couch watching that. But it was cool, uh, great insights into the team, a, a few cool like tidbits that I learned along the way, but also just reliving uh, you know, the disaster that that first round series was. And uh, it was a, a little bit of... Um, what do you call it? It's it kind of like therapy going through that, watching it again. So uh, that was good. Another big thing that uh, you mentioned, Harp, was the NHL 22 uh, roster sharing news. That is something that the community has been asking for for so damn long. And finally, that's a game changer. It's, it's a total game changer. We've been asking for it forever. And finally, we get it. Um, we've been putting up our custom rosters on boysintheboot.com because the rosters in EA NHL have been so bad for years and people have been flocking to our website to put those rosters in. And honestly, like we get more clicks from Google for our custom NHL 21 rosters than our podcasts. And it, the rosters were just something that we did like for fun. So clearly the need was out there. And finally, EA has addressed that. However, in typical EA fashion, we don't even get it at launch of the game in October. We get it yeah. in December, like months late, because it was probably <laughs> some last minute thing. So that's I thought when that was I'll funny. buy the game then. <laughs> I, like I wasn't planning on buying this year and then you said roster updates I was like okay I'm in because frankly they just do such a terrible job with rosters every year and you know that there's going to be some guy some person out there that is just going to be marinating in their basement for a week updating every single player in the oh, game yeah. from the NHL superstars to like the Osvenskins fourth line so you know that those rosters are going to be spot on and so much more fun to play with like can't wait yeah and that was us those guys marinating in their basements for the longest time and now we don't have to do it like it doesn't like we're not going to be the ones who have to put in the work anymore someone will do it and we'll just be able to download it i can't wait to play franchise mode on this game it like it is insane Oh, me too. You guys know how excited I am. And yes, ordered a lot of skip the dishes during the winter, boys, updating, <laughs> uh, updating team rosters. That's for sure. In, uh, in NHL 21. But that is great news. You can pre-order the game right now. Just a reminder for you. And uh, again, the launch date is Friday, October 4th, uh, 15th. Excuse me. Uh, so as you mentioned, this is episode 100. We want to thank uh, all of our past uh, guests who uh, recorded some really great audio that you just heard a few minutes ago. So uh, thank you to uh, all of those wonderful people for 
for that. And uh, yeah, let's get into it, boys. We're talking about the Metro. And Harp, Harp, I just think one it's more thing. Say- one more thing, my bad, before we get into talking about the Metro here. I do want to mention that we have a 14 team fantasy league that we just finished the draft for. And that's something that we're going to be spending maybe five minutes per episode uh, from now on throughout the rest of the season, just kind of going through and, uh, you know, mentioning some big wins, some big losses, uh, some big player pickups, what have you, or and just kind of recapping what's happening in that fantasy league. So I wanted to bring that up because the league consists of listeners of the Boys in the Booth podcast. We put it out on our Instagram and we got uh, a bunch of people who were interested and so we we narrowed it down to 14 and the the league is going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait. It's got some of our uh, formal former guests uh, highlighted by Alan Atmansky, who you heard earlier as well in this episode, wishing us a uh, congratulations on the uh, 100th episode of the podcast and a bunch of other great guys who are close to the show. So uh, tune in at least for about five minutes if you want to hear some updates on that, because it's going to be fun uh, as the season goes on. Thank you for that. That uh, totally slipped my mind. But yes, uh, that will be a lot of fun this season for sure. All right. Metropolitan Division uh, for the 21-22 NHL season that uh, starts on Tuesday, October 12th, by the way, just after the Thanksgiving weekend. And, and uh, yeah, like I said earlier, safe to say, I think that this is the best, most competitive division in the National Hockey League. And uh, Casey, we're going to start with you to get your projected standings for this division. Obviously, you've got your New Jersey Devils in the Metro. So take it away for us to start. Yeah, finally a division I want to talk about. Like, God, <laughs> the the East Conference in general is just so much better. And you're right, this, this division is the best division or at least the most competitive division in hockey. And it's always fun to talk about them. And you know, I'm definitely the closest out of the three of us to this division because I watched you know, every game of the Devils last year and they only played from uh, most of this division. Although there's a few teams in the East that uh, we don't talk about like Buffalo anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I went through and I had a hard time here because there's just so many of these teams that could make the playoffs, like almost every single one of them. A little skeptical on columbus nowadays but uh, i do think that all of these teams have just a slew of great veterans that may be on the aging side but are still good enough to push all their teams to the playoffs uh but hey i'm gonna jump into the rankings here my uh my gut check reaction you're probably gonna laugh at me uh, around number four but here we go i got the islanders taking this division carolina in second washington in third new jersey in fourth <laughs> philadelphia fifth Pittsburgh sixth, the Rangers seventh, and Columbus eighth. Okay. I mean, honestly, I think that's pretty fair. I know that you thought we'd wince because you had New Jersey in the playoffs, but I mean, I think they've improved quite a bit. So I'm sure that'll be a topic of uh, of conversation as we go on. But Case, I'm with you, at least for the first three here. So I'm taking uh, in, at the number one spot, the New York Islanders, then Carolina at number two. Washington at three. I've got Pittsburgh clinging on to that fourth and final spot uh, if the wild card goes this way, and I assume it will. I think there might be two wild card teams from uh, this metro here, but again, we'll see just the way it works. Uh, number five, I've got Philly. Uh, six, the Rangers. Seven, the Devils. And eight, Columbus. So we agree on four out of eight, which isn't bad. And I also agree that 
the teams between I want to say two to seven, like all the teams here, except for the Islanders and Columbus, I think could be put anywhere in between those positions, two to seven. Like I could see New Jersey even finishing at the number two spot. If they have a great year and some other teams regress, I could see, you know, Carolina falling out of favor and not making the playoffs. So I think it's a super tight division and it's sort of a shame that there are some teams like New Jersey on the up and up that might not have as fair of a shake as they would in other divisions that are maybe a bit more top heavy and not so super competitive all the way down. But yeah, yeah, so those are my rankings, and and Harp, uh, let, let's hear yours then, one to eight. Yeah, I, I mean, very similar like you guys, and uh, no question, New York Islanders, number one uh, in, in this division, and uh, I'm just going to say it right now, guys, they are um, my pick for the Stanley Cup this season. They were so close to knocking out Tampa last season and so um they're going to be right there i've got them number one in this division i've got washington at number two and carolina at number three i just the the goaltending duo of anderson and uh ranta is a bit of a question mark for me so anyway i've got them from two to three and then in that four spot i've got the flyers really like what they did uh in the off season um at number five i have the rangers penguins at six the Devils at seven, sorry, Case, and uh, the Blue Jackets uh, at uh, number eight uh, because the rebuild is underway in Ohio. So anyway, pretty similar, but uh, mine definitely a, a little bit different. Okay, so let's kick it off at number one then, shall we? Talk about the Islanders? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, like I said, I mean, for, for me personally, they're my favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, uh, they were so close to tying it up in uh, in regulation against Tampa Bay in that game seven that, of course, the three of us were in Toronto for, and we had it on the screen at your place there, Chad. And, uh, you know, that puck just uh, flopped over, uh, over Barzell's stick, and they weren't able to tie the game and push it to overtime and uh, maybe uh, get the overtime winner and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So they're that close. They've got a fantastic goalie duo, a great head coach who has a system that the whole team just buys into. I mean, it's it's uh, now or, or never for, for the New York Islanders. They're going to be right there and definitely the number one team in this division, I think. Yeah, I mean, the only reason uh, why I was a bit hesitant to put the Islanders at first was because they finished 12th in the league last year. And I mean, it's it's just that constant, uh, you know, difference between regular season hockey and playoff hockey, which is it's so weird. Like there it's a tale of two seasons every year. Right. So the New York Islanders, I think we can all agree, should be the team that will push the furthest in the playoffs out of the eight teams in this division. But I was a little bit hesitant to put them first because they don't score a ton of goals in the regular season. They play a a really hard-nosed defensive game 
game, which, as we know, is normally uh, better suited for the playoffs. So um, with all of that said, I do have them in the number one spot, but I could definitely see them dropping down. Uh, they lost Everly and they lost Letty. So Everly is a bit of scoring that I think they lost to a team who already doesn't score a ton. Uh, but they did add Zach Parisi. Uh, they added Zidane Chara as well to shore up the back end, which I like. And they're going to have Paul Mary for an entire season, which I think is good. And, and he should bounce back from last year. Not that he was bad, but I think there's more to give for uh, Paul Mary here. So they were second yeah. lowest in goals allowed in the regular season last year, which I think they have might have only gotten better at that with, uh, you know, Varlama being so good and Sorokin being able to take another step this year as a backup. And uh, they were sixth best in, in penalty kill percentage. So all of that together, I just think they're going to be a low scoring uh, defensive minded team, of course, under Trot. And I think if they don't finish first in the division, they'll at least be able to make a deep push into the playoffs. And like you said, Harp, as you're predicting right now, let the record show that you're predicting this right now. Maybe they'll even win the cup. Yep. Yeah, clip that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with what you started with there, Chad, that, you know, I was a little little hesitant to put them at number one, mostly because they're kind of the opposite of the Leafs for me, where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, who knows if they make the playoffs in this tough division and tougher conference. But if they do, I'm guaranteeing at least two playoff series wins. Whereas with the Leafs, it's like I'm walking them in a into the playoffs but are they going to win a playoff series Mm -hmm. so that's always the shock i can't believe that this team is deeper this year Uh, like we (laughs) always talk about the depth of this team but personally i think this team is deeper which is kind of mind-blowing to me and i'm going to stop talking trash about the system this year and i'm just going to say it works so i'll leave it at that um that top pairing uh defense that's one of my favorite top pairs in the whole league. So I'm thrilled to see them back together again and continuing on in the aisle. And in my opinion, this is the best goaltending tandem in the league, Um, mostly based off what I saw from them last year. But I I just, I have to say, I know uh, last episode, I kind of rolled my, or not rolled my eyes, but I was a little surprised when someone said that Seattle was the best tandem, because personally, I think this one is, and it's, it's not even close between them and Seattle. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about this team. It's just uh, a team that's going to have to score by committee. We love saying that, but um, I think they're deeper than they were last year, and I think they're going to do even better. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, we can uh, move on to that number two spot. So you guys both have the Carolina Hurricanes, and I've got the Washington Capitals. So I guess I should try and. Uh, maybe uh, convince you guys to put the Capitals in that in that second spot. I mean, look, I, you know, I do like the Hurricanes definitely went through some kind of odd changes this offseason, I think is fair to say. Right, guys? I totally. mean, uh, um, letting go of Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, who was a Calder Trophy finalist last season, a really great uh, up-and-coming young goaltender. He goes to the Detroit Red Wings for a third and Jonathan Bernier, and then Bernier leaves Detroit, ends up signing with the New Jersey Devils, of course, Case. And uh, now the Hurricanes are going with a a tandem of uh, Antti Ranta, who has just been... uh, riddled with injuries his entire career uh is a good goaltender though but uh man he's had trouble uh getting the uh the hospital bracelet off uh and uh freddie anderson who uh really struggled 
uh, in Toronto towards the end uh, of his tenure there. No Dougie Hamilton as well, and no Warren Fogle. And so we'll have to see if Ethan Bear can bounce back after last season. And I almost forgot no Jake Bean either, another good young defenseman that is out of town. So I just still a very talented group. It looks like Yasperi Kotkaniemi is fitting in uh, well there after they gave him the uh, the $6.1 million offer sheet to get him out of Montreal. But just too many question marks about this group, guys. And then looking at the Capitals, you know, it's the same veteran group. They won in 2018, which was only three years ago. I think that uh, while the cup window is still is closing, I do think there's a chance for them to win at least one more. They got Vanacek back from Seattle, which I think was a great move. Him and Samsonov are going to be challenging each other in the crease all year long. And we could see... Um, a youth injection into the Capitals lineup. I don't know if you guys have watched much Capitals preseason hockey, but there are two guys that have looked really good for them that could make an impact into this veteran-like lineup. And those two guys are Hendrix Lapierre and Connor McMichael. So anyway, that's my stance on it. And uh, that is why I have got the Capitals in that number two spot. And Carolina in the number three spot. What are your thoughts? Yeah, just to quickly touch on those two young guys with Washington. I watched, I had the AHL pass last year and I watched a lot of the Hershey Bears play against the Bing Devils, now the Utica Comets. Um, but Con McMichael stood out to me every single game I watched of his. He was phenomenal. And then I have watched a couple preseason games of Washington, one against the Devils and uh, an extra one in there. And Hendricks Lapier stood out every single game to me like both times he was an nhl player on the ice and and playing very well with guys like ovechkin and and oshi who are on the ice with him and it was it was fun to watch so those are two exciting guys um i guess i don't really know where to jump at first here if i want to pump up carolina or tear down washington but i think i'm gonna go with carolina it's uh yeah, definitely been a strange offseason. Like you said, they pass up on a Calder candidate goalie, uh, a Vesna candidate, candidate defenseman because they don't want to pay either of them. And then they pay Norris. a defenseman. Norris. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Norris, Norris candidate defenseman. And then they decide to pay a arguably repa- replacement level forward uh, $6.1 million. So that was kind of mind-blowing to me. But um, finally, this team got worse on D. We've been talking about how good their decor has been for like five years now. There's been guys come and go, but they always seem to be so well positioned back then or back there. But they've changed it now. Now they're just deeper on forward. They picked up uh, a few great players that are going to make them a lot more challenging to play against in in, uh, teams defensive zones. And I love their center depth. Their center depth is phenomenal. I love Aho. Of course, Trocek's played great ever since he's come over there. Jordan Stahl is Jordan Stahl and Derek Stepan is going to be a great player down the middle as well for them, a good depth piece. So I really like that. Um, I say their decors got worse, but I'm not going to say that it's bad by any means. I still like it quite a bit back there. Good mix of guys who want to play defense and guys who want to shoot the puck and pass it and, and do the offensive thing. Uh, that being said, definitely rolling the die on the goalies back there. But I think that they've got enough wins between the two of them that they're going to find this uh, this second place. 
Uh, Chad, I don't know if you want to touch on Carolina and then we could both tag team Washington after or what do you want to do here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going <laughs> to jump in on Carolina. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, so last year they finished third, right, in the entire NHL and this team was pretty damn good. But as both of you guys mentioned, they might have gotten worse in a couple areas. Like, So losing Dougie Hamilton was something that all of us were completely opposed to because it seems mm-hmm. like they didn't even offer him close to what he was worth uh case i bet you're pretty happy that uh, they didn't re-sign hamilton but yeah poor move on carolina and like the moves that they made like they made so many moves this offseason they just kind of feel like a different team to me so i feel like out of the gate uh is going to be important for them to kind of just you know establish what they're all about like it used to be their defense was the absolute core of their team and it was better than anybody else's and now it kind of seems like goaltending we're not really sure defense has gotten a bit worse because effectively they replaced uh Hamilton scoring with Tony D'Angelo and maybe Ethan Bear right so it's that's a bit of a loss there and then their forwards I think they got deeper on forward like Case mentioned I mean they got Kakeniemi I expect him maybe in a different system to be able to flourish a bit more than he did in Montreal maybe in a more offensive role um so we'll see how he pans out but Harp I I do agree with you too man like there are a lot of question marks with this team and that's why I don't have them winning the division uh I don't see them being third in the NHL again this year but I don't think that they've gotten so much worse that uh, they're going to be anywhere lower than second in this division. Like, I still think they have a very talented uh, top-end offense, you know, with with Aho and Svechnikov and guys like that, and even, you know, Martin Nakash, who I know you love as well, Harp. Um, but just, yeah, I, I think they're still a pretty decent team. And one thing, too, that in the regular season anyway, that is a big plus for any team is having a great power play. And this team was the second best team in the entire league last year on the power play. Mm -hmm. They didn't lose any of the big pieces. I still think they're going to be an absolute offensive threat. So yeah, I think it only makes sense to keep them at number two in terms of, of Washington in case you can jump back in whenever you want here. I think they're still going to be a a really good team, but when I was looking at uh, their projected lineup, I noticed one guy missing. And that's Nick Backstrom. And they're going to be starting the season without Nick Backstrom. I don't know if they know the the length of his injury or his estimated return. I think right now that's all up in the air. Um, correct me if I'm wrong with that, Hart, but the last I read, they don't really have a timetable for, for Backstrom. And no matter how good or how yeah. deep a team is, losing a player like that, even if he isn't the Nick's, Nick Backstrom of a few years ago, that still has quite a big impact on a team like this. So that was my, you know, differentiating factor between the two. I think Washington will still be a playoff team. They're still good. But uh, yeah, to me, Carolina is just the better team. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's one guy that's missing from the back end uh, as well for Washington. And that's uh, uh, Brendan Dillon that I think they're going to miss big time. Every single time the Devils played against Washington last year, he was just an absolute pest out there. He's hard to play against, hard to get near the net with him out there. And he plays so strong on everyone and was kind of just manhandling some of the smaller guys on New Jersey. And and that's why, you know, everyone's looking to bring in some size this this year on in this division, you know, particularly the Rangers, as we've seen, uh, mostly because of Tom Wilson on this team yeah. as well. <laughs> But definitely going to be a big piece missing Backstrom, although 
you know, they've definitely got a few offensive weapons that can fill in on that power play and, and, and do just fine. But I don't really like this team on the back end. There's a couple guys there that I've seen struggle in the in the past two years, as well as so far in the preseason. Nick Jensen has not been uh, the Nick Jensen I'm used to. And same as Michael Kempney. Uh, and then. Yeah, I, I don't know. They they definitely have a great goaltending tandem, but I just see a lot more pluses with Carolina than I than I do with the Capitals right now. And that that preseason game um, on Friday against the Devils, the Devils won. It was five four. They scored like with uh, uh, less than a minute left to win the win the game, and then they won in a fun little shootout after for no reason. <laughs> but it's funny to see that. The goal scorers for the Capitals in their first three goals were John Carlson, John Carlson, and TJ Oshie. And then the Devils were like Hughes, Sharon Govich, and Holtz, all under the or 23 or under. Whereas Washington was basically playing a full NHL team. Their their power play was their main power play they ran with last year, except Lapierre was in instead of uh, Backstrom. And they still lost to a Devils team that had a lot of kids on it. <laughs> so that was not a good sign for me. Although I still think they're coming third in this division. Like I may be talking a little bit of trash here, but they're still the third best team in this division. Yeah. They still yeah. have Alex Ovechkin. They still have a yeah. dominant power play. Like they've they, got two years of a dominant team here still. Yeah. So. At least. Like for I, sure. I think Ovi is a guy, you know, who might age better than some people think because that shot's not going to go away like already now he's not a dynamic puck carrier and and whatnot but he hasn't been that in forever and he still scores like an average of 50 goals a year so i think Ovi is is just you know aging like fine wine and and it's good but i will say something about these two teams i see a comparison and that's in net um and i think the goaltending comparison the way i see it is that for both of these teams, it could either be really good or really bad. Like, I think mm-hmm. there are question marks for both of them. I don't know which tandem I would prefer, Anderson and Ranta or Vanacek and Samsonov. I really don't know that question. The answer you have to, that to really micromanage both of these tandems, make sure that they're both healthy, make sure that they're both getting the proper reps, proper rest days, everything you need to throw at these these two tandems you need to. Uh, Carolina more because of injury and because yeah. of what we've seen freddie anderson you know early on in the season and when when he has a lot of games in a row he seems to struggle and then uh the other tandem uh, samsonov and vanacek youth you know you got to still kind of cater to the youth of these two and um they they've got a very bright future in net clearly but yeah it's still a lot of work to be done back then back there and is it fair to say that like any one or sorry any two uh, out of these out of these four goaltenders could uh, take the net like I, I don't know which one right like it's so totally. up in the air to me it could be Ranta or Anderson in Carolina it could be either Vanacek or Samsonov in Washington one more thing about the Capitals before we move on and I think at this point it is uh, definitely fair to have them at three have Carolina at two the one more thing I, I will say about Washington is. This is a make or break year, I think, for Evgeny Kuznetsov. Like, is that fair to say, guys? I mean, all the trade rumors and 
we got to see this guy get back to what he was during their 2018 cup run, right? That dominant center that drove the play for them offensively. So that's something I know I've brought up on the podcast before, but I wanted to bring it up again because I think it's a huge thing, especially with how long Backstrom is going to be out for, which again, like you said, Chad, we don't know. Yeah, I think uh, the color commentary guy for uh, the Capitals on Friday said it best when he didn't even mention any bit of uh, Kuznetsov's play. He mentioned that he just wants to see him smiling and having fun again because he usually is a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. You can tell in practice and in games, warm-up, everything. And that that usually means so much for these professionals. And uh, to see him having fun again is going gonna, is gonna to coincide with him playing well again. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's move on to that number four spot. Uh, so were we all kind of different here? Or yes, we are. Sorry. Well, Casey, I know you have uh, the Devils and uh, I've had the uh, I've got the Flyers in that spot. And then, uh, Chad, you had the Penguins, correct? That's right. Okay, perfect. Well, this Casey, is be let- tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this this is where it gets interesting, and and I was I was excited for this because I just with the way this division is, I knew that uh, this uh, fourth spot would be kind of all over the place. So, Case, let's go to you to start and uh, talk about your New Jersey Devils and why they belong in this fourth spot. Sure, you want me to do this right now because I could talk about them all night. Obviously, this is the team I'm closest to, the team I know the most about, the team I follow. It's it may be a little bit of a bias, but honestly, I think this team is going to be good. Dom Lecision's uh, his uh, formula equation, his whatever model, you want to call it, his model yep. had them actually jumping up to 90 points this year based off uh, Gar and and all of that fun little analytics. So that's one thing to be excited about. But obviously that doesn't mean nearly as much as actual play. And uh, honestly, I just think this team is ready to break out. There's so many players that are ready to just take that next leap. And they're all in that that age right before their prime where you see them take a leap. And I think it's uh, just part of the narrative and fate for them to take a lead or leap here. If you think back to this team last year, they came out on fire, winning games like crazy, and then they were just struck by COVID. I know every team was, you can say that, but this team was in the top five of manpower and games missed due to COVID last year. And then their starting goalie had symptoms for three months. It was just an absolute shit show in New Jersey with both injuries, COVID, Nico Heischer was out most of the year. Jesper Bratt couldn't join the team because of immigration policies. There was just a slew of reasons that this team could not get up and going. And then later in the season, you started to see some of these young guys just start to click. Jack Hughes, I know he only had like 31 points last year, but he was absolutely phenomenal to watch. Top five in zone entries, top five in zone entries with possession. Just so much fun to watch. And that guy is just poised to hit like 70 points this year, especially playing with Sharon Govich, who is looking absolutely phenomenal once again this year. Yes, Um, he is. You know that Jesper Bratt is ready to break out. He's like one of the most underrated players in this league. Uh, Thomas Tatar is getting a second wind here. Talk about another guy who just wants to have fun and is ready to have fun again and, and get back to what he can do. And uh, 
uh pavel zaka he broke out last year he's already done it he's broken out and i was starting to think like okay well let's see if he can continue that on and i can 100 say that he is going to do that just from watching him in the preseason because the one thing that man needs to do is shoot the puck he is so just such a beautiful shot and i watched him get the puck on the power play with all these other great players out there and he just rifled one top corner and i was like all right he's still here good to see all right so that's the that's the forwards great top six <laughs> lots of players ready to break out lots of youth up there speed gung-ho let's go lindy ruff now i want to talk about the decor which is just actually exciting for the first time in 10 years like this is really good looking i i really enjoy this their top pair is going to be two players that they brought in so far this year and on the uh on the game the other night they had some stats about dougie hamilton and ryan graves that they popped up so first dougie hamilton first in the league in shot attempts per game or per 60 uh third in slot shot attempts sixth in one-timer shots eighth in expected goals first in power play shot attempts fifth in ozone pass completion rate sixth in ozone puck possession time this guy is a top five defender in the league and then ryan graves kind of the other side of things defensive guy d zone entry denial rate 28th in the nhl i know that's not as exciting but there's a lot of good defenders <laughs> in this league uh 52nd in block shots and ninth in stick checks loose puck recovered 44th puck battle wins 34th this is going to be a great great top pair then you still have ty smith and damon severson who we saw be successful last year and then jonas siegenthaler and uh pk suban and yes that is jonas because he changed his name this year from jonas to jonas as did andreas johnson so um those really? are new things to the devil wow. both of them came out saying we want to be called johnson and jonas yeah, I'm really excited about this decor, and I don't have much else I haven't already said about the tandem where Mackenzie Blackwood is the next you know, young stud in this league. He's ready for a bounce-back season as long as he gets that shot in his arm. And uh, Jonathan Bernier, uh, we saw what he could do with a, a shitty team in Detroit. The only time they could ever win a game was when he, he was in net. Well, now he's got real defense playing in front of him and a real team. I think he's going to be just, just loving it back there. So that's my my 20 minute rant on the new jersey devils <laughs> listen wow. case i i think most of what you said is true and i have a lot of love for the devils the reason i have them not making the playoffs and by the way to caveat that i said at the beginning i could see any team here making the playoffs except for maybe columbus uh in this division yep. but the reason i've got new jersey at seven is because uh you mentioned a lot of great things and a lot of players poised to break out but the way I see it, they, I think they need almost every single one of those players to break out in order to uh, provide scoring depth uh, in the absence of top high-end scoring. Because that's something that they still lack. And I think maybe this is the year that Jack Hughes could provide that scoring. But again, I think it's still a maybe. We've seen how good he is at carrying the puck and entering the zone like he's one of the best in the league. This is something we love and we talk about all the time. But I just think without a true, you know, one or two guys who are able to really, uh, you know, provide that top end scoring, I just don't see them being able to score by committee unless a lot of those guys, like you mentioned, you know, your, your Brats, your Sharon Goviches, your Kokinins, et cetera, are able to put up 
uh, not just good numbers for their pace, but, you know, productive and uh, I- impressive numbers on sort of a league scale. Like I'm talking yeah. like 50, 60 points. So and okay. and who knows quick, like that could happen before you get away from that. Yeah. Um, I think Bryce Salvador said it best the other night where he said that a lot of these guys are poised to break out and it only really takes one of them to start the the dam the break of the dam and then the waterfall is just going to go i think that jack hughes is going to be that guy and i think that he's a 70 to 75 point player this year i'm going to i'm going to hit spit off a couple predictions here yeah. uh jesper brad yeah. was on pace for i think 57 points last year he's increased his production every single year he's played uh six round pick by the way and i'm saying he's going to break 60 this year jack hughes is going to be 70 75 sharon govich is scoring 30 goals um pavel zaka scoring 30 goals and thomas tatar is back in the the 20 to 25 goal range so i think there's a lot of pieces in that top six that's going to score a lot nico Heischer is an absolute wild card to me i I love him he's my favorite player but i i don't know if he's going to score 90 points this year or 55 again it's like it's tough to tell with him sometimes yeah yeah okay and then just talking about the d as well like dougie hamilton i've been saying this forever you guys have tended to agree i think case maybe you're a little higher on him than harper is but i think we all agree that he's a top 10 defenseman maybe even a top five in the nhl so i absolutely love that signing i don't think he's overpaid like i think that was the right move they're at the end of their rebuild ready to make a push and dougie hamilton is is a great pickup for them um so i have no problem with their d at all in goal talk about a bounce back candidate you need blackwood to bounce back you need him to get that shot in his arm that's something that i mean we we talked about this too like off air if blackwood doesn't get the shot he's only gonna miss a handful of games right like he's only bernier in canada yeah exactly exactly. but i mean bernier is a fantastic goalie um blackwood is a fantastic goalie you need good seasons out of both of them so i I think everything i've said kind of uh like kind of all comes together and says the same thing you need a bunch of really good years from a bunch of players and i just don't know if if i'm willing to predict that that will happen so while i like the team i think a lot of things have mm -hmm. to go right and they very well could it's tough in this division of of solidified teams teams yeah. that we know what they can do. Right. we know what pittsburgh can do we know what washington philly all these teams we know what they can do whereas the devils it's like well now's your chance now's your time um before i let harp go one thing i'm gonna say that is a, is a big positive going into the season for mackenzie blackwood for me is he was one of the guys who was hit hardest with covid he mentioned that he had symptoms for three months and yeah. he only started to feel himself again in the summer so I think that that itself speaks to why he had such a, an off season last year. I'm not going to say it was terrible, but it wasn't what he, we're used to from him. So that that gives me a little bit of confidence um, that he's going to bounce back this season, although he is coming off ankle surgery and uh, some some health concerns. That's what they've left it at is yeah. why he hasn't got the shot yet. And he hasn't rolled it out. And they're kind of trying to coax him into getting that figured out sooner rather than later but like you said just play bernier in canada yeah and scott wedgwood is their third so he can play a backup yeah yeah wedgwood looked uh decent 
last year at times yeah. for sure for sure when he had to come in and uh and play he beat buffalo so well i mean that's not really <laughs> i could have beat buffalo <laughs> <laughs> anyway you know what i mean I, I don't really have much else to add chad i like dougie hamilton by the way i, I know, know you do i just think uh, <laughs> that casey and i because maybe we're a bit more analytically focused and right. I know you just, you know, you're an old school guy. You're a pen and paper type of guy. You love the old rough and rowdy Don Cherry hockey. But I, I'm, I know you like the guy. I'm just I, I, I test guy like what you like uh, what you guys said. Yeah. Um. But li- listen, you know what? I mean, I, I really don't have much else to add. I, I think New Jersey arguably had the best off season out of any team. I think that's that's fair to say. I love what Tom Fitzgerald has done ever since he uh, uh, started sitting in the general manager's seat. And uh, look, they're building something special there. This is going to be one of the most, um, or already is, one of the most exciting young teams in the National Hockey League. But I I, got to side with Chad here. I think, you know, there are a number of guys who are expected to break out. We just don't know if we're going to if we're going to see that, you know, another guy I think about is Miles Wood going to have the outstanding year that he did last year, just as an example. So they're a young, talented group. And for me, I give it one more year of development and being competitive, but just not quite there yet. I'll say yeah, this. No, I can... Sorry, Case, just my final thoughts on this. I'll say this to wrap up. Uh, I, they're not going to sell at the deadline. That's over with. So nope. that's a clear step uh, in the right direction, which is awesome. Uh, and final point is that New Jersey allowed the fourth most goals in the NHL last year, and they scored the sixth least. So both of those numbers have to go up, up, up if this team is going to have success. I think they will. I'm just saying I think it needs to be drastically different, which I'm not so sure I'm ready to put them in a playoff spot yet. So I'm willing to agree with Harper. What I will say is the decor is drastically different, and that itself is going to change those numbers. Thank God. Oh, that's going to help, no question, especially with that first pair. I mean, that is a fantastic first pair. Anyway, so Case, while while Chad and myself have them finishing low in this division, I think they're going to be in it. All yeah. year long, and they're going to be and they're going to be fighting and grinding it out to try and get in and take the next step. And Jack Hughes, <laughs> that guy, man, does not lack confidence whatsoever. I love it. Yeah, um, his words is his game is going to pop this year. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Uh, no, I, I'm totally fine with you guys ranking them wherever you want to. I just want to put them at four so that when they come forth this year, <laughs> I can be like, remember when uh, I always had confidence in my team. Um, kind of the last thing I want to touch on is the upcoming youth that are waiting to crack into this roster. And if there is an injury this year, there's going to be five guys you can pick from that are ready to come in and just make a difference as soon as they can you got holtz who might make the team at this point dawson mercer who i am kind of trying to send as many letters into tom fitzgerald to make the team this year and then you got like nolan foot and tice thompson and uh uh Marion Studen each, all these guys, all these young guys are ready to crack this roster, and it's so exciting to be a Devils fan right now. Who knows if they make the playoffs this year? It's still going to be fun to watch just with this team being like 12 years old. 
they uh, they got a great player at fourth overall in this year's draft as well, and uh, can't wait to see him join the squad in a couple of years too. So, okay, uh, Chad, you have got the Pittsburgh Penguins in that fourth spot. Tell us why. Listen, I understand that the Penguins uh, got worse this offseason. I think that's fair to say, but um, let's not forget this team is coming off a season where they finished fifth in the entire NHL. Uh, playing against some of the toughest teams in the NHL. Um, They actually finished tied for fifth with Toronto and Washington, which is odd we just talked about Washington as well. But um, they lost some depth. They lost Jared McCann, who was really turning into, you know, sort of a middle six or even a top six uh, scoring forward, which you hate to see. They lost Tanev as well, and they lost CeCe. So I don't see this team being better. Those are three pretty key uh, subtractions, even like, you, you, you know, we can all say what we want about Cody Cece. He had a really good year for Pittsburgh last year, as uh, I know you guys have brought up multiple times. So just for the listeners out there, no matter how you feel about Cece, not having him in the lineup is a big loss for this team. So, uh, you know, they scored the second most goals in the NHL last year. They had the fourth best power play. This team was electric and they missed uh, Evgeny Malkin for uh, about 20, 25 games of the season last year. And I only know this because I had him in fantasy and he was my first round pick projected to score like, you know, point per game. And so that was tough. Uh, but like th- there are some key issues with this team. Number one being, again, not starting with Malkin and also not starting with Crosby. Both those guys are injured to start the year. So that's going to be super tough. But I think in an 82-game season, this team will still be able to get it done so long as they have average goaltending. And I, the amount of times I've said that on this podcast, like it's getting ridiculous. Like last year, I picked Pittsburgh to make a run in the playoffs, and I even picked Latang and Crosby on my fantasy playoff pool team because I expected them to make a deep run. And I said on the podcast, they will be good so long as they get average goaltending. And what happened? Tristan Jari floated one up the center of the ice, and that's how they got eliminated in the playoffs. Like their goaltending has not <laughs> been good. But I think Jari and DeSmith are both due for bounce back seasons. And like personally, I think they should have addressed goaltending this offseason. But the fact that they didn't leads me to believe that uh, this management group has faith in these two young goaltenders and if they bounce back and they get average goaltending, if Pittsburgh gets average goaltending, I think they will be good enough to compete for a playoff spot. So that's my spiel on Pittsburgh. I'm not saying they're a lock to, to make the playoffs or finish fourth or anything. I just think they're still a team that is uh, pretty strong up front. I don't mind their back end. And uh, goaltending, as long as it improves from what it was last season, I think they should be okay. So go ahead, guys. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to quickly jump on the glaring problem with this team is their health. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're missing. Okay. I know it's an 82 game season, but every single game matters when you're in this division. And they're going to lose a lot of their first few games, missing uh, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, and Aston Reese. <laughs> like, that's tough. That was, that's your top yeah. six. Um, Crosby, I know it's at least two more weeks minimum that he's going to miss. Malkin, 
I, I have no clue what he's at. But the problem is both of their injuries are not new to them. These are injuries they've had before. And that's the scariest thing to me that's going to tell that these guys are going to start regressing and start regressing fast. Um, obviously, Crosby is still one of the best in the world, but his body is deteriorating. And that started a long time ago with this guy a little bit different than Alex Ovechkin, who seemingly has barely been injured knocking on wood hey crosby's um, already made team canada has ovi already made team russia for the olympics i thought you're gonna, <laughs> you gonna ask if ovi's already made team russia no that's <laughs> what, team canada oh, team no. canada <laughs> i was like no <laughs> uh that being said i feel like i say this every year but i don't love the depth of this team up front um and their d isn't as great as it has been in the past and like you said that goaltending tandem is a bottom five in the league if you ask me yeah what i will say is i know that i'm gonna eat my words because you always do when you rank pittsburgh low that's just the way it is um but the main reason why i'm ranking them low is the main reason you know all these teams in the bottom four are where they are it's because there's other teams that are better than them it's not because they're bad it's because they're other teams that are better. Pittsburgh's probably going to come second or third in the Pacific. Yeah, totally. They could win the, well, they could well, finish second. <laughs> I forgot. <yeah. laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, so like, fair enough. Like I said, I'm not married to Pittsburgh at, at the four spot and Harp, you can chime in here as well. Uh, but I'm, my point is like every single year, I say this when we do our projections. I know we've only been doing it for a couple of years now, but every single year, personally, I've been saying this, like you can't bet against these two guys, Crosby and Malkin, and also Latang, And they're all still very good as long as they come back in a reasonable amount of time and have reasonable seasons for their standards. I think this team will be fine. Maybe I'm being optimistic and I hate to see this dynasty, you know, collapse over time, but uh, I, I just think it, it's impossible for me to, to bet against them. So that's why I've got Pittsburgh at four. Yeah. Like there, there are a lot of glaring holes on this team and obviously being out with, with Malkin again and, and uh, until at least December 1st, by the way, look that up earlier before we started the episode. So there you go. Um, Crosby as well. Gensel, like what a stud he's been for them offensively. And then Aston Reese, who's a good checking forward for them. They did make a couple of nice depth signings, even though Casey, I will agree with you. I am a little concerned about their depth. I know that a lot of teams uh, were really interested in Brock McGinn, uh, who they uh, they signed, and uh, Danton Heinen as well. And uh, there are other guys, too, that will have to step up, like Bluger and uh, Rodriguez, who's back, and some of these other guys as well. The back end's still a bit iffy for me, like you said, Chad, although I do think Todd Reardon uh, the former Capitals bench boss has done a good job with the defense, uh, i.e. Cody Cece and how he turned it around last year for them, like you mentioned. Uh, but yeah, the, the goaltending is the biggest thing for me and just uh, the the age of some of these guys. Time is kind of running out, but again, probably going to eat my words, like you said, Case, because I am against Pittsburgh every year. And they prove me wrong. But uh, I, at least for me, I've got them lower than fourth in this division. 
Okay, so Philadelphia, I think, is the next team that we should probably talk about then. I yeah. have Philly at five. Harp, you had them at four, correct? And Case, where did you have Philly? Fifth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got Philly at four. And uh, you know what? Last year was a rough year for them, guys. I'll start there. And uh, Elliot Friedman of the 32 Thoughts podcast now has talked a Never lot about this, how... <laughs> how the the chemistry between Alain Vigneault and the coaching staff and the players was really off last year for some reason. It just, it, it was not a good year. Uh, they had a lot of guys that really underperformed as well. And uh, so they, they made a lot of changes th- this off season. And I think, um, the character of this team got a lot better. Like guys think of uh, just think of who they added Cam Atkinson to the forward group uh, to start. And then on defense and which I think they got a, a whole lot better. So obviously they've got Provorov and Sanheim already there. Ryan Ellis comes in uh, from Nashville. Rasmus Ristolainen comes in from Buffalo who they gave uh, a, up a lot to get uh, from the Sabres, but you know what? He's a guy who gives you an honest effort every night and can play. Not very popular in the analytics uh, analytics community, I know, but still a very solid defenseman. And Keith Yandel as well, who they got on a, on a really cheap deal after being bought out by Florida. A veteran, but can still be a very serviceable defenseman. And we were talking about Bounce back uh, players. Mackenzie Blackwood, of course, on the Devils. Carter Hart, man, needs to bounce back for the Flyers. And I'm certainly confident that he will be able to do that. And I think that uh, Martin Jones on a cheap deal in uh, in a backup role could be nice uh, behind Hart with the Flyers as well. So I, I like uh, the way that Philly has... Uh, shaking up this group a little bit uh and an absolute stud on this team is joel faraby guys led the team in scoring last season so i'm liking the flyers in this fourth spot what do you think yeah no i had him in fifth kind of for all the same reasons that you've mentioned Harp. they kind of shuffled the deck on their back end and, and did a quick retooling so far this season where they kind of cut loose with a couple guys who are not really living up to what we expected from them they had a pretty young decor before that there was a lot of high hopes for same as uh nolan patrick but they kind of shipped all those guys for for a few players that are ready now and and we know what they can do because there's a lot of guys that are aging on this team and and they want to win a cup before you know a guy like claude Giroux is gone and uh jvr and a, and a few others in there so i think they did the the right perk this offseason that they needed to do they still have a lot of good prospects in the in the depth chart but they went out and got some veterans that can play hockey for them right now and and help them win and like you said carter hart he's ready for a bounce back season but they need him to have that bounce back season because i don't see martin jones being as good as harp is uh talking him up to be personally so i like this team i like how deep they are i uh, you know drink every time i've said that this episode you'd be absolutely hammered but uh, i think they're really good down the middle and and on wing and they brought in the right guys so i'm excited to see what they can do but let's not play rasmus for still in too much yeah that's for damn sure holy uh 
this this Flyers team and management group got they took a lot of heat this offseason, um, specifically from the analytics community, because a lot of people disagreed with uh, some of the moves they made. And Ristolainen was probably the number one because they definitely overpaid for Ristolainen uh, to Buffalo, considering what Buffalo yep. got back for Sam Reinhart, which frankly wasn't as much, but it should have been way more. Um, but when I look at Philly, you know, they didn't make the playoffs last year. So that only leads me to believe that they will make the playoffs this year because every (laughs) other year they make the playoffs. It's so weird. What a weird tweener team. But that's just how it goes. Um, They finished 19th in the NHL last season. That would have been uh, nearly good enough to make the playoffs if they played in the North Division. Remember, Montreal finished 18th, so very close there. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I I don't mind the additions. Like, I'm not so sure about Keith Yandel, but I guess his, you know, minutes will be reduced. Same with Ristolainen, his minutes will be reduced. So both those guys, I don't think, will consistently be playing top four. Like, I haven't seen their projections, but at least they won't be playing special teams at ton so that's good uh i like cam atkinson coming in as well uh which is good oh and by the way yandel i know plays power play so that he is good at that but i meant killing penalties um cam atkinson good love that pickup uh nolan patrick moving on from him i think it was probably the right call even though it's a bit difficult you know it's a difficult thing to do um but yeah like you guys mentioned it there are a few really good bounce back candidates on this team the number one you know most obvious one being carter hart who needs to be good like case said because martin jones back there is you know one of i don't want to beat up on the guy but like he's not a very you know he's not a starter i don't think he's a tandem goalie he might be a backup but i don't like their goaltending depth at all another player though who i do really like who had a bit of a down year last year was uh travis konechny and i think konechny is poised to uh have a really good bounce back year and you know there there are just a lot of good pieces there like Giroux is still good plays on the wing now couturier obviously is a stud jvr had a really good season last year expect some regression there but still a pretty good player and uh yeah like i just see this team being still pretty good the one thing i will say is that you know this shakeup to the back end has sort of changed their identity a bit you know adding risto adding ellis but i think it's probably for a good thing this team allowed the most goals in the NHL last season out of any team in the league. So yeah. clearly something had to change. Like Goss Despair is out. Ellis is in, you know, Risto comes in and, and whatever pieces move around. But overall, I don't mind this team at all. And like I said off the top, I think any of these teams will compete for a playoff spot. But I think Philly then has to be at number four for that wild card spot or that first wild card spot, as we've talked about, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to say about this team that really doesn't have much to do with this conversation at all is tell me you're not going to have fun playing hockey in Philadelphia with Kevin Hayes and uh, Claude Giroux and Keith Yandel and Ryan Ellis, like yeah. all great guys. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a fun team to play for. And uh, yeah. Pretty yeah. Love it. And uh, for obvious reasons, this will be a big emotional year for Kevin Hayes, right, guys? Yeah, right, so sure. anyway, and uh, we all know why. So, um, but uh, okay, 
Hey, we got to come to a decision here for this fourth spot. So Philly. what are we thinking? Are we thinking Philly? Put yeah. Philly into that fourth spot. And uh, and then I guess for you and I, Chad, New Jersey would move up into either five or six. And then Pittsburgh is in there as well. I am more confident in putting Pittsburgh uh, at the five spot and then New Jersey at the six spot. What about you, Harp? That's great. I mean, that, yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, I, I would be willing to put New Jersey up to five, so that'd be two spots up, just because I really do have some concerns with, with Pittsburgh, but I, I am fine at the same time with moving New Jersey from seven to six. Okay, so that leaves two teams then, if we're all in agreement with that. We've got the New York Rangers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's talk briefly about Columbus because they're going to be dead last. Um, They're rebuilding. They're the only team in this division that is still rebuilding. In fact, they just started rebuilding. So we don't expect them to be good. Um, Let's talk about them first, and then we can talk about Casey's favorite team, uh, (laughs) the New York Rangers, after that. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. Um, All right, we'll start with Columbus. And uh, Corey, if you're listening to this, uh, we're not trying to rip on your squad. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Jarmo Kekalainen, John Davidson, who's back uh, with the organization and company, are looking at a lottery pick this year. There's no question about it. Um, That uh, that contract for for Zach Rowenski is an absolute whopper. Uh, but I think it was really important to get him to stick around, especially after losing Seth Jones. Um, and uh, they also uh, paid Elvis Merzlikens, which I, which I think was really important for them to do as well. Look, it was an emotional offseason for this team uh, for obvious reasons. We won't get into that. Um, but uh this team is heading in a, in a good direction. You know, it's it's going to be a long year for them. Again, they're they're going for a top five draft pick. Uh, but uh, just a couple of things. I I love the return they got for Seth Jones. I think Adam Boquist is going to turn into a really nice top pairing defenseman there. Uh, he can certainly run a power play, and he's going to get a lot of uh, great opportunities starting this season in Columbus. So uh, that was a great piece uh, in the Jones deal. And I love their three first-round picks in the draft. Like, I think we're all great picks, and obviously starting with Kent Johnson, who I think could be on this team as soon as next year. So Columbus has a really bright future it's a great hockey market that has seemed to just lose a lot of guys, but they paid a couple and uh, made some really good decisions for the future this offseason. So uh, they're going to finish uh, finish last in this division this year, no question about it. But uh, Columbus has got a really bright future, guys, I got to tell you, and I'm sure you both agree. I agree, but the fact that we're talking about their future in a divisions ranking episode (laughs) has to tell me that I expect them to be at the bottom of this division. Uh, What I will say is that 
you mentioned a lot of good moves they made. I love Adam Bulkfist, so that's a good talk. Jesper's on the Devils. Um, they've got a lot of young guys playing for the team this year, and it's going to be, uh, like you said, a start to a rebuild. But the best move they made was getting rid of that jackass behind the bench. So getting rid of Tortorello is the first step for this team being able to bring back good players and hold on to good players for once. And uh, that was the best thing they could have done. Um, yeah. Games are won and lost uh, down the middle at center, and I expect a lot of the former for this team with a rough-looking center core and Definitely. Uh, a spotty depth up front as well. So not much I need to say about this team um, Yeah, that hasn't already been said about them. Uh, great tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's it. <laughs> it. It is a it, it is a pretty good tandem. I think Merce Lickens will will be the starter this year. I think Corpusalo has kind of assumed the role of the one B in this tandem situation. Um, but who knows? You know, Corpusalo might have a, a great year. But I say that because Merce Lickens came out uh, a couple weeks ago and he said. I'm going to win an effing Vesna trophy. And he said that in his quote, I'm going to win a fucking Vesna trophy for Matthias Kivlenix, which obviously was the Columbus Blue Jackets goaltending prospect who uh, died in that tragic accident. Great friends um, with Merce Lickens. And so he is charged up for this season. He's ready to have a good year, whether he thinks Columbus is going to be good or not. And he's doing it for his buddy, uh, Matisse. And he named his child after him as well. So he is. Uh, Kid's going to be ready to buzz. He's ready to buzz. Like, they're just out for, uh, you know, he's ready to have a great year, and he's going to win that Vesner. He's going to chase it anyways. So, you know, they might not be uh, at the very bottom of the NHL. I think they still have the pieces to be decent. You know, Patrick Laine could come out of here with, you know, maybe 20 goals. Who knows? The guy scored 40 before. So I don't think this team is going to be good by any means but i also don't think they're going to be arizona bad or buffalo bad uh so i mean we'll see they could they could be but in this division uh i think eighth is an appropriate spot for them i don't hate the team i love a lot of the the futures but yeah yeah no they're they're better than many teams in this uh in this league totally one thing i'll say to to touch on some you mentioned is they need patrick line to play very well this year so that they can get a lot for him at the deadline yeah and then someone's got to sign him too so oh geez shall not that has to be the weirdest like contract situation ever like what is his value like i have no idea is he a nine million dollar player or is he a four million dollar player like i could not tell you yeah, this is uh, this is a big year for him. And uh, Case, like you said, who the heck is their first-line center? Is it Jack Roslovic? He's Probably. not a first-line center. Can Max Domi play center anymore in this league? We don't know. Um, by the way, and, and I, that is a guy on this team who I think uh, is loving the coaching change. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it did not work out between him and, and Tortorella last year. So, um, it, it, like, guys, it's so funny, like, picking Columbus to finish dead last in this division, and I'm so nice talking about them, like their bright future and all this stuff. But, look, they're not going to be very good. We know that. Still going to be a hard team to play against, though. Like, they're going to grind every night and give an honest effort. 
But uh, looking at all the other teams in this division, uh, they got to be at the bottom. So anyway. I know I know we're moving on, but who I don't know if you guys remember this. Who was it on this team who said uh, like a couple months ago now? I don't even want to hear the word rebuild around the rink. We're playing for our teammates or something like that. Do you guys remember who well, said uh, that? Wierenski. Was it Wierenski? Okay. I mean, that yep. makes sense. Yeah, it right? was. Just oh, signed. the best player on the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just signed the biggest ticket ever. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, again, that may have been an overpayment. And you could probably argue that the Merzlikens contract was a bit of an overpayment as well. But I think those were two really important signings for that franchise, especially yeah. uh, after losing Panarin, losing Bobrovsky, losing Seth Jones. I think those two signings were really important for them. So, yeah, it's a, it's, um, yeah it's Columbus looking the future. toward the future. For sure. Yeah. Like, it's important to sign players like that. Uh, again, to bring it back to the Devils, Thomas Tadar and his his entry interview mentioned, like, you see a guy like Dougie Hamilton sign with the Devils, that just screams this team's ready to start competing. And then more people are attracted to join, including yeah. Bernier and, and Tatar, that both in their interviews mentioned Dougie Hamilton coming to this team. So it's like, um, you know, that that's a big deal being able to sign Wierenski long term, sign Merce Lincolns. It's like it just screams, you know, this is a real NHL franchise. Come play for us. It's not. Yeah, it's not Arizona. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the New York Rangers. And um, look, Chris Drury is uh, the man uh, running the show upstairs now. Um, this is a team that uh, says the rebuild's done and uh, is trying to take the next step. Um, they added some grit and toughness in the offseason. Barkley Goodrow, Ryan Reeves, and Sammy Blay. Um, Case, we will start with you talking about your uh, beloved uh, New York Rangers. <laughs> the team I hate the most in the league. Well, um, I don't know, a lot of questionable moves in the offseason for me personally that seems like uh, Drury's still living in his days of playing hockey where it's important to punch people in the face. They brought a lot of kind of, like you said, grittier depth guys in, in in their moves. And frankly, I think they got a little worse up front losing uh, Buchnevich for practically nothing, uh, in my opinion. I am big on Sammy Blay, so I guess I can't say practically nothing, but I like to... to to point that out but those offseason moves as as much as they may not help right away with this team it did do something because artemi panarin started mentioning the moves that they did and directed it exactly at the wilson incident and said this just shows that this franchise cares about its players and and they did that for us and he says this is the team i want to win for now this is the team i want to play for and that's huge to you know totally. uh, your best player on your team and uh, in my opinion one of the best players in the league in panarin that guy is an absolute difference maker uh him saying that that's that's pretty huge that being said I think they got worse up front, uh, maybe a year older up front, which can help their situation. And I'm still not huge on their back end. Uh, you know, obviously Adam Fox is a complete stud, but it kind of falls off from there. Uh, 
they've got some some pieces that can be good and like Keandre Miller but I've kind of seen him struggle lately I watched him in the preseason when they got absolutely walloped by the Devils 7-1 and he had like two or three terrible turnovers one that led to a goal on a breakaway from Dawson Mercer and you know I don't, I'm just not in love with their decor whatsoever and and I think they got worse up front um so in a in a division where everyone is either very good or taking a step forward this team took a step back and that's why i put them low in the division yeah something you mentioned case uh was just the fact that this team got a year older and i think that should hold a lot of weight for this team i understand that they lost buchnevich who i really like by the way i think it was a mistake to lose buchnevich to just to bring in blay and, and a draft pick uh, I think he was a, a pretty good top six forward, but who knows? Maybe they were making some room for some of their big, young, talented players to play some more minutes in the top six. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, they've got Gerard Gallant behind the bench now, not David Quinn. Uh, Quinn's that's for the best. Quinn's biggest uh, downfall with this team, or his, his biggest pitfall, was that he didn't play his stars. So he played Lafreniere roughly 13 minutes a night uh, in his first year. And he played Kako oh. roughly 14 minutes a night through his first two seasons in the NHL. So to me, those two players being a year older and being able to play top six minutes, I think will really impact this team's uh, chances of success. And that's why even though I have the Rangers, I originally ranked them sixth uh, in this division. I think they could definitely make a push for the playoffs because I like their their top six now. If if those guys play more meaningful minutes and they're able to uh, make an impact like they weren't able to last year in Lafreniere's case and for the last two years in Kako's case, um, if they're able to make an impact, I think it's good. Um, I didn't like how they kind of changed their identity because of the Tom Wilson situation. I thought that was a total overreaction. And like you don't have to bring in like literally the best fighter the best heavyweight player in the nhl just to be able to combat one player tom wilson like to me that didn't make sense like if teams if team strength and toughness is something that you want to work on that can be addressed by you know difference in coaching and systems and whatnot but just by bringing in a pair of fists like i didn't personally like that at all but i was also like greg mckeg they brought back and uh, there's one other fighter that they brought in as well and it was like okay guys they're fists they're fists one it was one incident (laughs) yeah that's what they are and barkley goodrow as well like to his credit like he's a decent hockey player as well but there's a reason they brought him in and it's to punch guys in the face so and and slam them into the boards and whatnot so that's why they got him i don't hate it but you know what this back end uh case like you said isn't great they do have the reigning Norris Trophy winner, so I guess that's something. They have Adam Fox on this team, and uh, what a player he is. I think, uh, you know, you look to guys like Lindgren and uh, to Condre Miller to, to be able to take steps as well. Truba has been kind of having a couple down seasons. We'll see if he can he can come back, but... It's not like Truba's a bad player, but he's just, you know, he's still producing at a decent rate. He's just not great defensively. So there are some question marks there. Um, but overall, I don't mind this team. I love their goaltending as well. Igor Shosturkin as the uh, as the starter, and I think he proved last year that he is a starter in this league. And then you've got uh, the guy behind him. What the hell is his name? 
Georgiev. Georgiev. I wanted to say Grigori, like, but it's Georgiev. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I really like their their goaltending as well. So there are a lot of good pieces here. They're a year older. I think they're going to be able to compete for a playoff spot. But case, like you said, uh, for I, I forget what team you're talking about in this division. It might have been Pittsburgh. It's not that personally I don't like this team or I don't think they're good. I just think there are other teams in this division who might be better, and that's why I've got them at the sixth spot. For but for the purposes of our consolidated rankings, I will settle uh, to put them at seven. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Not much more to add on, on the New York Rangers. I mean, they're certainly uh, a team on the rise, like the Devils, and and uh, you know they've got a lot of young players who are still developing and and. Uh, ready to break out but yeah don't love the back end and um big year for Mika Zibanejad as well they gotta make a decision on him this is a contract year for him guys had a brutal start to last season and then uh was on fire towards the end so can he find that consistency back to a full 82 game season I think will be a big part of their success as well one thing I think that they need is they need to take Zabinijan and stretch him out through all the games just stretch him out because that guy is so hot and cold so it's streaky like, uh, when you score two different games that you have six points in it's like stretch that out throw out yeah. some other games and we'll win a few more and um <laughs> yeah Harp, this is a bright future for this team as well and that's exciting for me because it's just going to bring back the hate in new york uh new york new york and new jersey just bring back some good rivalry in the area and it's exciting to watch i know the first game against these guys last year the devils came out and michael mcleod fought twice and miles wood fought and it was just like fun old-timey hockey like i, I love to watch it uh, it was the first yeah. shift. uh michael mcleod like absolutely ran over i think it was Zabinajad or something like that and then fought chris Kreider for it and i was like all right hockey here we are yeah <laughs> Well, now you're going to have to fight uh, a couple Ryan pairs Reeves. of fists. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reeves or Goodrow or Kreider, you know, who knows. But There's a guy in the preseason game the other night, Gertson, who uh, was trying to start something after like every whistle against the Devils. They put him on waivers and the Devils claimed him. <laughs> That's funny. I saw that. Yeah, for the yeah. AHL, but it's just yeah. funny. Yeah. My, my final thoughts on this team is that um, they finished 16th last year in the entire NHL again playing against some of the better teams in the league I think I like I don't know if I can say they got better but I know they got a year older I can guarantee that and I think that uh, you know some of their players might be better I'm really banking on Lafreniere and Kako getting more ice time and producing more so those are my final thoughts on that and one thing on Zibanejad just going back a little bit that's another player like Line where like I don't know if he's worth eight million on a new deal or three four million like i genuinely have no idea is he a top line center in the nhl i don't know like he's so he's so streaky seven and a half million dollar player put him on the power play let him have that one timer position and he's gonna score like 30 goals for you easy yeah yeah those 30 goals will come in two months span though like (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah and then just dry up from there. Uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see with uh, Zabanajad, Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, and uh, everyone else on the New York Rangers. So, uh, all right. To recap, here are our um, consolidated uh, rankings. 
uh, for the upcoming NHL season in the Metropolitan Division. So uh, at the end of it all, we've got the Islanders in the number one spot, Carolina at two, Washington at three, the Flyers at four, the Penguins in that five spot, the Devils at six, the Rangers at seven, and the Columbus Blue Jackets at number eight. Uh, Again, the season starts just after Thanksgiving weekend, which is coming up Tuesday, October 12th is opening night in the NHL. And again, thank you so much for uh, joining us for episode 100. Great milestone for us. And uh, thank you for all your support and uh, to our wonderful uh, former guests uh, for uh, bringing us some really great audio for this special episode. So thank you so much. And we will finish off our division ranking series next week, talking about the Atlantic division. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.